You are listening to Embodied, Empowered, Engaged, a podcast for women. I'm your host, Mackenzie Eason, self-love coach, part mermaid, and full believer in the power of healing disconnect. Through honest storytelling, personal inquiry, and vulnerability, we explore what it takes to truly inhabit ourselves and engage in life with true heart and service. This podcast serves as an antidote for the tendency to mask, bypass, avoid, or disassociate from parts of ourselves and each other. If you crave the realness, connection, and nourishment in the sometimes messy process of coming into yourself, this is the place for you. If you're vibing with the show, be sure to follow me on Instagram for updates at Kenzie Ma Eason, K-E-N-Z-I-E-M-A-E-A-S-O-N, and also grab your free guided self-love meditation at KenzieEason.com. You can also now become a supporting member of the podcast fam at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Embodied Empowered Engaged. Okay, those are the deets. Now take a big breath in and enjoy today's episode. Acacia Land has been an intuitive counselor and teacher for over 19 years and has been trained in a diversity of empowering practices. She holds a strong value in the education that is awakening and empowering to one's sole purpose, led by the heart. Since birth, she has known that the sensitive, intuitive, feminine, fierce mystery inside of us needs a place to be expressed and brought back into balance, honor, and integrity with the masculine from the inside out. Her journey hasn't always been easy. Hardships and challenges have been there to soften the edges. They have helped her understand how to embody true love and compassion, which life has given and continues to give many opportunities for her to practice. Acacia has been trained and licensed to teach, including full sensory perception, prema birthing, access consciousness, heart circles, positive discipline, and the art of feminine presence. She is also a Heart Math Institute trained one-on-one coach and licensed resilience advantage trainer. She continues to educate herself on neurobiology, trauma work, and inner child work. If you'd like to learn more about Acacia and her offerings, you can find her at acacialand.co. Okay, well, welcome everyone to this episode of the podcast. I'm really excited about our guest. Um, we have Acacia Land here with us. And uh, first and foremost, welcome, Acacia. I'm just like so, I oh, no, I feel like a, just a buzzing warmth in my body with, with talking to you today. So thank you for coming on the show. Mm. Mm. I, I'm super excited to be here and I'm really grateful for the work you're doing and, and putting this work out, out in the world. It feels really important right now. So I'm really honored to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So before we, we dive into content, and I'm, I'm really excited to hear more about your story and the work you do. Uh, but before we dig into that, we'll start with a body scan, a little drop in. And so it's an invitation for us to just kind of drop in here. And for anyone who's listening, of course, this is an invitation for you to take a pause in your day and uh, see what's present. And I'll guide us through here a little bit. And then me and Acacia will take turns sharing just a couple pieces that we noticed um, that are here for us today. So 
closing your eyes if that feels comfortable. Taking some nice big deep breaths. And maybe they're more shallow today. Maybe they're nice big breaths, but just really welcome the movement in and out, bringing a little bit of your presence and awareness there. You might even notice right away a couple places you were holding in your body. You can invite them to relax. And beginning at the top of your head, trickling down your neck, front of your chest, the back of your chest, down the arms, down the sternum into the belly. Just noticing here, being curious, just taking notes, observing what's here, sensations, thoughts, colors, images, and continuing your scan down to your womb, the front of your pelvis, the back of your pelvis, all the way down to the root, and then trickling down your legs, your knees, your calves, your shins, ankles, feet, and toes. And taking a moment to notice wherever you're making contact with the couch or the bed or the chair or the floor or the earth, wherever you find yourself. And again, just noticing, so not coming in here to fix or force or change. But notice. And if there is something that instinctually comes up that you know would feel good, whether it's relaxing a muscle or breathing into a certain place or wiggling a little bit, I invite you to do that now. Taking a couple more deep breaths here. And I can share first. Let's see what's present for me right now. Um, oh, I'm noticing that I have this tendency to sigh. And that's feeling really nice. <sighs> and there's tightness in my neck. Almost feels like part of my neck and upper back is still asleep or still curled up in my bed a little bit. And I feel a sense of tingling in my chest and kind of a really muddy sort of earthy clay feeling at the base of my spine, kind of near my sits bones. And it's feeling really good to wiggle my toes and kind of remember my feet and my ankles. Yeah, that's feeling really, really good. Mm -hmm. 
Whenever you're ready, Acacia, to share a couple pieces of what's present for you, what you notice. Yeah, sure. Thank you. I was noticing while we were um, tuning into our bodies that I have a lot of um, excitement and it, it feels like on the verge of like nervousness and excitement and also uh, a lot of relief. Um, I feel a lot of uh, it feels like bubbling in my heart area and warmth and a little bit of tightness in my jaw and and the back of my neck. So I've just been also just kind of stretching my neck. And then also um, really aware of my feet right now. It feels like a lot of energy, um, just warmth and sensation in my feet. Hmm. Awesome. I like that we're both feeling our feet. For some reason, that feels really great that we're both. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for sharing. I'm reminded I have a friend um, and a mentor, Kate. She has a phrase, uh, nerve-sided, which she uses to Mm. encapsulate that kind of particular combination um, that it sounds like you were describing, like this excited and a little nervous, like kind of in-between space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I love that. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, um, I would love to hear about, um, to start off just a little bit about, um, well, if there's any pieces that really stand out with the, the work you do as an intuitive counselor and a little bit of any piece of your journey that you feel like sharing of, of how you landed to where you are right now. Yeah, sure. Well, um, first off, I just want to say thank you for the meditation and and just bringing the awareness around what we're feeling and sensing. I feel like that's been a huge part of my work and what I've been advocating for my whole life is is just to recognize um, what's actually alive in our bodies and how vital that is and actually learning to name it. Um, A lot of the work I do is around... Well, it's intuitive, but it's like lear- learning how um, what we're feeling, what we're saying, what's emanating from our nervous system and our bodies, and how to actually align that with ourselves so we become more authentic in, in what we're presenting to the world and what, you know, it's like the importance of learning to develop that insight on what's actually happening because we're so externally focused. And so learning to track ourselves helps us to bring importance to this system, to this inner community, to this family that I I have inside of myself. And um, I've really been kind of advocating for that my whole life. Uh, I I used to see energies as a child and, and, you know, would see people saying something and and what I felt from them and the incongruence there and how it was like really really aggravating to my body from the time I was little and I would constantly be speaking to it and and getting shut down or shamed and which is you know I think a lot of us kind of have 
a, a similar experience. When we're children, particularly, we're very energetically sensitive. Our mirror neurons are firing. We're sensing our world before we're thinking or, you know, developing belief systems around it. So what we feel in our environment is super vital and crucial. And when we feel those incongruencies, then we create coping mechanisms. And and so my work, you know, started, I think, at a young age. And then um, because I was advocating for this, uh, started developing a love of science because of, you know, it's like I remember in fifth grade, for instance, um, we did, we had this uh, module on uh, the state of matter and that everything is energy, liquid, solid gas. And, and I just got so excited by that because I was like, I knew everything was energy. I'm not crazy. (laughs) And almost like science is helping me to prove that I'm not crazy because, you know, the little child part of me is like, nobody believes me, but now I have a lot of science and and there's more and more science coming out. And, and I think science helps us to bridge what we know with, especially with our, our bodies and, and neurobiology and the heart math stuff that I've studied just kind of helps me to describe on a physiological level to help people understand cognitively and then and do the embodiment pieces to actually get there. So, so it's kind of been a lifelong path for me. And in my early, you know, I had a lot of trauma growing up um, in my early years and I learned a lot of great meditation practices and kind of disassociated from my body And really after, it wasn't until I had my child at age 30 that I really started doing deeper emotional embodiment pieces and learning to look at my pain. And so that's kind of where a a lot of my work is now is understanding trauma, understanding our relationship with it, understanding how our body works, and then understanding how to have healthier relationships where we create safety, where we can actually start to address this stuff and heal it. And and like I was saying, create an inner family with my abandoned one, with my betrayed one, with my teacher, with with the victim, with the, the abused one, like all these parts of myself alongside with my nervous system, my hormones, my brain, like, you know, so, so that I can create an inner coherence with myself and harmony, and then teach other people how to do that as well. Mm. I had goosebumps when you said that um, inner coherency, and I, I just believe in that so strongly. And I can so relate to that part of your journey you're sharing around, um, you know, meditating and, and where that part of your journey was, was like a, a coping in a form, but then actually kind of bypass some of the deeper healing that wanted to happen. And um, that's just so aligned with the message of this podcast with like, okay, how do we really be embodied and really engage these different parts of ourselves? So I so relate to what you're saying. And I am so like, my ears really perked up when you were talking about the inner community and Mm -hmm. um, it's super relevant because I'm, um, finishing up a, a course right now called All the Feels, and we we just finished working and talking about the inner child in this um, mm. this place within the, you know the the little girl inside of us. As we grow, she doesn't vanish; she doesn't go away. She still lives inside of us, 
And I also feel like there's many parts of us living inside. And I, I really, yeah, something comes alive with me when you said the inner coherence and the inner community. Um, and so I wonder if you could just share a little bit more of, of what that is exactly, how you work with it. Um, yeah, just to expand on that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I, I can just speak from my own journey over the last bit of time. And, and I see this, this piece is so incredibly crucial. Um, I, I was in a nine year relationship previous, uh, you know, we've been separating the last two years, but I, it's been a really difficult separation. Uh, you know, I really feel strongly about relationships. And, and so when I couldn't control the outcome of this situation, it took me into some deep trauma wounds mm. and having to look at, look at, you know, I've been, I feel like I've been addressing um, these pieces of myself. And I knew a lot of my trauma started when I was around nine or 10. So my daughter is now 12. So right at the beginning, when she was entering that age, I felt like I got really deeply reflected my nine-year-old and 10-year-old. And, and I often say I, I get to reparent myself through parenting her. And, and so, and I get to, to see those parts of me that were really innocent and got completely abused and violated at that age and so those parts of me really froze and they either were in fight or flight or froze and and so um through this the last couple years I've been doing some deep work on integrating those parts of my trauma and I oftentimes find when when I'm working with other people it's like we have these ideas that we can let it go or push it away and we cannot and I don't care how much <laughs> you try to do that it's not going to go away until we actually turn to face it and and so a lot of those pieces of myself have um come up and I've had to look at like a lot of shame and grief and resentment and hate and anger and, and so much grief that I was, you know, maybe not to the degree that I have really recognized over the last couple of years, but learning how to put those little parts of myself in my lap. And as the adult now who who knows how to regulate my nervous system and can hold those pieces of myself that literally were in terror and had no support at that time to be held or an, a safe adult that could learn how to help me to um, regulate myself at that time. And, and, and so I've had to take each little piece of myself and, and bring my own warmth to her. And I feel like part of the grieving, the, the crying actually over this last time period is, was literally me being able to hold the capacity to hold that level of grief that I couldn't before. And, and the tears were actually her thawing and reintegrating to, into me. And that her voice is so strong and her wisdom, I, she is, you know, a powerhouse. 
and how her childhood literally got stripped from her. And so I'm getting to relive that and be, and help her to grow up by learning to embrace that part of myself. And every time I look in my 12-year-old eyes right now and, and just see her wisdom and her brilliance and her, you know, purpose in this life, how that literally, it's like healing that part of myself that never had those words spoken to me. So that's, that's a little bit um, how I work with others, too, in groups and circles. I have some women's groups, and then I have a new uh, a program that I've been um, bringing some of the science pieces and the attachment wounding and all that in, and, and then just individual clients. I feel like the deeper the capacity we can hold ourselves, the deeper we can hold it with others. And so I feel like it's kind of my responsibility as a healer to learn how to hold it in the deepest way and then reciprocate that to others. So, mm, Really beautiful. I'm glad you brought it present with, with the context of what you've been going through. I think that just brings so much alive and can just so feel you. And I so, oh, I just felt the biggest amen with when you're describing that often people be like, oh, well, just let it go. It's just a story. It's not, it's just your past. <laughs> and it's just couldn't be further from the truth, you know? And it's, I've, I've experienced this too, where it, these parts of ourselves are just begging, you know, begging for our attention and our care and our nurturance and just acknowledgement, you know? And then when we don't, we're just continuing the the tension and the trauma in some ways, and um, it's going to pipe up louder, you know, and the effects just feel more painful. And um, I, too, have just had so much, um, how do I describe it? Yeah, just integration and softening when, when I take the moment and really, like, oh, be with the parts of myself. And I... Um, yeah, that sense of parenting ourselves. And a teacher of mine recently reminded me of this beautiful phrase of, of becoming the woman that you needed when you were a girl. And a million percent. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's that recognition of, okay, yeah, when I was a child, I didn't just so innocently, you know, like I, I didn't have the uh, like capacity to regulate my emotions and my nervous system. Like, of course that was hard. And now as the adult, yeah. like, okay, I do have that. And even though, you know, there can still be the part of wishing someone else could do it for you, like that in itself is something to hold and care for. So Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And then and then we get to learn this and actually teach others how to be with us. You know, I mean, that's been right. kind of the, the I, I do what I do because I want more people to relate to because I feel like we're so, you know, it's like fundamentally our society does not know how to relate to itself. There's so much mistrust in the way that, you know, in unsafety. I mean, that's like such a huge reason why I think so many relations I mean it also just that it really needs to be in schools you know I see my daughter going to be the, the school now she's she just came out of a homeschooling program into the middle school and it's just they're so pushing and driving curriculum but not anything to do with 
connection or values or boundaries or healthy communication or working through conflict. It's just bullying, competition. I mean, it's basically we're, we're per- perpetuating the sickness in our culture. Right. And it's so important that we value, start beginning to value, you know, connection. Mm, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I've been all, like just so amazed recently of, of recognizing like, wow, it blows my mind. Like, of course, there's the role of the parent, but I think, you know, school is such an influential part and that there's like pretty much zero emotional education, you know, of like what are emotions and communication and like you said, boundaries and, and how to work through conflict. I, it's like such a central, central part of being a human. And yet it's just like not talked about. So I'm, I'm so with you on that. Yeah. You mentioned yeah. something that I would love to hear a little bit more about. Um, and that's attachment wounding. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I'm wondering if you could just share a little bit more about what that means for our listeners and, and how that shows up. Yes. Well, you know, we were raised through relations. So attachment wounding, it's really about were, did we feel secure and supported while we were being raised? And so we learn a lot of these structural foundational pieces Um, through whether we felt supported, whether, you know, when we cried, we got the attention we needed, um, whether our parents valued relationship or not. Uh, And so these wounding styles can develop. I mean, they did develop as an early age. The the training that I received is um, a lot from Stan Tatkin's work. And he talks about how we have these different attachment styles like island or anchor or waves. And and they all have um, different meanings to that. But so the attachment style is so fundamental that we learn in relationships about each other and how we attach. For me, learning about the, the, the different styles helped me not take um things so personally it helped me understand how to differentiate by meaning that meaning um like I have my own navigation system I have my own way of regulating myself or or my nervous system style I have my trauma that I experienced growing up and all this has to do a lot of um, how I was raised in my my wounding to getting attached, what, whether that was secure or not. And that is, goes across the board. All of us had had that growing up. So understanding each other's manual, I feel like helps us to give a lot of empathy and compassion to our partners, to our um even to ourselves, to our relationships, to our clients. It it just helps us to understand them. That's really what I think we all want is to feel understood. And it's amazing to me when when people start talking and I'm like, oh, 
you're this and this and and I can identify with that now and and I it starts to take shape and they just feel so heard and you can you can see when someone feels understood how their nervous system I talk a lot about nervous system because I feel like it's super important that we become aware of that because oftentimes when we're in fight or flight we're not in the emotional social part of our brain and that is is a huge part of why we have um, have these defense mechanisms so in place. But yet, when we learn how to actually understand each other and have empathy and compassion, then we can start to calm down and trust each other and trust that we're safe and learn how to do repair work with each other and how to create secure attachment bonding with each other and develop more long-term relationships with people instead of just like cutting them off. So this whole, um, yeah, the attachment wounding, I feel like is is super vital. Again, it's just like really helping each other to understand where we're coming at so we can uh, learn to navigate each other in a, in a healthier, more healing way. Right, right. When I'm hearing it's it's like we, at some point in our childhood, we all cultivate a certain way that we bond and attach to our parents or care providers based on what that was like. And then that becomes yep. our way of attaching and bonding. And then so when you're in relationship you're you're going to have a similar way of attaching and bonding. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I get so, so much what you're saying of it's so helpful to understand yourself. Number one, it kind of helps frame like, Oh, okay, this is what's, what's happening here. Um, and then also it, it does seem like it takes you instantly a level deeper into compassion and understanding like, Oh, that's what you're, you're trying to do here. And and it could be confusing because it could be so different than your style. Um, Absolutely. Right. Yeah. right. And would you say like, um, after you identify what your attachment style is, do you find that it's a matter of just awareness and communication around it? Or is it a thing that you can work with and quote, like change your attachment style? Yeah, I, I feel, well, I feel like we all have kind of a more signature to what we, you know, what developed through us. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, um, when I was growing up, my I had a I would say I had a pretty secure family like my emotional needs got tended to and I I was able to be a kid and relax and relationship was very important to my parents before my father passed you know at a young age but but like that foundation was pretty strong for me so my my attachment style would be considered an anchor and yet through my trauma, I learned how to become an island, which is an island has a tendency to um, not trust their environment, not trust that they're secure and learn it. They they actually uh, interpersonal relationships create a lot of stress on them. And so they have a tendency to want to self-regulate. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's healthy, 
Um, and so in my relationships, I have to be really careful because that, that, has, that comes out. I tend to isolate myself because I feel like nobody can support me and, and I have to like close down and shut down when, when I'm um, in a deep process and it takes me communicating that to my partner or friendships saying, Hey, if you notice this pattern with me, please call me out of it because what I really want is, is to have secure functioning relationships and that's not secure functioning when I do that. You know, and so so depending on the relationship you're in, you can also um, those kind of, you know, you can be an anchor. But sometimes um, when you're in different relational experiences, uh, you can become more wave like, which needs people to uh, co-regulate with or an island which needs uh, to regulate on your own, if that makes sense. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, and I I am um, yeah, I'm just totally following and I think what you described that that it's so beautiful just like, "Hey, I have this tendency and ultimately it's it's not healthy for me and not ultimately what I'm wanting." And so communicating yeah. that just makes your partner and your friends become an ally and in, in just supporting you with, with doing your inner work in a way that's just supportive to you, supportive to your relationships. It's just like a win-win win. And and oftentimes in relationship when we're saying go away, we really mean come closer. I found. Yeah. And it's it's because of the way that we've entrained ourselves I mean it's like to change actually these responses takes a lot of presence and awareness and and love and safety to get out of these old um pathways it's just because they're so ingrained in us we've learned it how to do these patterns for so long and again it doesn't necessarily mean it's healthy but having self-awareness around it and then learning how to ask for what we need actually you know when I do this what it actually means is I need you to come closer but this is a really ingrained pattern in me and and so I need you to be aware of that Mm -hmm. right right exactly and yeah those ingrained things can be you know so quick to fire and so enticing and and kind of like um you know a river that has has gone in a certain groove for years and years and years like of course the water is going to flow really quickly and easily down that pathway so and it's changeable and yet it's so important to it does take a lot of presence and awareness and and inner work to be with it so i yeah Yeah. so so get what you're saying and it's it's bringing me back to what you've mentioned a couple of times around the nervous system um, and mm-hmm. regulating our nervous system and, and that place of fight or flight. Um, and so I'm wondering if you could just tell us a little bit more about your understanding of how the nervous system works, um, especially around regulating ourselves and in connection with others. And any science pieces, I know you mentioned that's really exciting for you or just any other of your experience with that. I'd love to hear more. Yeah. Well, I, I realized when I started studying the nervous system years ago, like that's actually what, what we're tracking because our nervous systems are so impacted by how we feel and just learning also the pieces around the science of the heart. Um, and 
how important it is to learn how to regulate ourselves. By that, I mean like creating a healthy homeostasis. I mean, most of us are walking around in these fight, fight plat, uh, um, patterns, and we don't even realize the stress that it's causing on our bodies. And we have the capability of actually learning to build resilience and um, increase our immunity and all that. And so when I'm saying also that in our community, I look to the heart aspect of us and our gut because our gut is are super intelligent too. Um, they've realized in science, our gut brain and our heart brain has way more neurons than the brain itself. And we are elect electromagnetically being impulsed by our environment around us. And so we're sensing and feeling all these things, whether we are aware of it or not. Um, and so every time we have an emotion, emotional response to something, whether we're tracking it or not, uh, it sends 1,400 chemicals and hormones for our bloodstream. Wow. And when we're in fight, 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 um, response a lot the main hormone that gets released is cortisol right so cortisol is basically um, it, if we have an overload of it in our bodies it greatly decreases our immune system I feel like this is the number one cause of dis-ease you know I call it dis-ease because we're not at ease in ourselves and so when we actually start paying attention to our emotions, like you did in the beginning, like learning to track, what am I feeling? What am I sensing? Right there in itself, it, they say um, in neurobiology, if you can name it, you can tame it. So by mm -hmm. learning to name our, name our emotions and put words to it and bring warmth to it, it helps us to calm down and, and to actually engage the prefrontal cortex of the brain, which is the emotional and social intelligence part of our, our, our brain. And I believe that, that um, you know, our hearts have a huge play in that. Uh, our heart, I like to think of our heart as like the team leader, so it helps <laughs> us when we when we actually are tracking like um, what we're feeling, because that's really the the implication that the heart is online. I feel like when we're when we're um, in our feeling body, and when we're in empathy, and when we're aware of our social connections and environment. Um, when we do that, it helps our body to calm down. So most of us are in a sympathetic response, which is the fight flight. I like to see this as like the masculine part of ourselves, because in some sense, it's like it's really great to have, you know, it's like when we're getting attacked by something, we want that quick response. And but we don't want it to be constantly running us. So when we bring the parasympathetic response in, like acknowledging what we feel, it allows us to calm down and actually get out of the reaction and into a response, whether that's in conversation or in our lives. or And it, it also helps us to, like I said, build immunity and build resilience inside of ourselves. So learning to, to track how we feel is super vital to our nervous system. 
And so when in, in regards to each other, um, I think co-regulation is actually the most vital, important way to calm ourselves down. When we have a secure attachment partner, by, by that I mean like healthy agreements, like what to do if we have a, a stress response, what to do if we have a trigger response with each other. Asking our partners, what do you need to hear when you get a trick, when something gets triggered off? Maybe that's, I'm here, I'm not going anywhere, I hear you, I understand. Like, these are all important things that actually help to calm us down and, and to get in a place where we're um, not in our defense mechanisms, but actually listening to each other and connecting and learning how to repair and have apologies with each other and, and share impact. Um, there's so much I could say around how to calm our nervous systems. Learning to have actually eye engagement with each other because the eyes are part of our nervous system. So when we actually look at each other, when we're having a reaction, it helps us to calm down. Um, and, and then also learning about you know, our reaction to stuff. Because sometimes we are in a huge reaction with people we don't even realize. Um, there's this thing called the polyvagal theory. I think I, I mentioned that to you before. Not mm -hmm. And so our amygdala part of the brain is tracking whether we're safe or not. It's basically... Uh, 12 to 100 times per second, it's checking the room to make sure we're safe. It's checking body language. It's checking tone. It's checking facial expressions. And if we've had a lot of trauma and someone gives us a look like our parents used to, we're going to immediately go into defense. And it's like the part of the brain that kicks on that doesn't even realize, oh my gosh, I'm in, I'm in total, like you're a predator right now to me. So it's like these things are, are super important to understand in our relationships with each other and learning how to regulate our own nervous system and what we need and learning how to co-regulate with, with partners. Like if I'm using a tone that is um, terrifying my partner, how important it is to actually learn what a safe tone feels like to them. And, and soften my voice and uh, come more into my body so that they can get out of that fight flight response. Right. I know that was a lot, but oh, it's so yes. good. Yeah, it's so, so, so good. And yeah, there's just like, it's amazing how much the nervous system it's, it's connected to everything. And you know, it's so interesting what you were describing about the eyes and how that's part of the nervous system. And I can think of so many times, so many little moments when I'm like, if I get really triggered or that defense part of me is just super online, like I will, I will be looking at the corner of the room, even if I'm still engaged yeah. with someone and I will not make eye contact. And it's so amazing how quickly that comes online as a person who you know, normally loves eye contact and all of that. It's just so amazing to witness and have awareness. And that 
for me has been one of the big signals of like, if I hadn't noticed yet, <laughs> it's a big sign of yeah. like, hey, Mackenzie, think, you know, you need to go regulate and be with yourself or at just recognize, wow, I'm really, really triggered and really defended and don't feel super safe in the connection right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think learning how to say that to each other and just saying, I need a break. Like, okay, I hear what you're saying, but I need, I need a break. And, and learning how to take care of ourselves, you know, by you know, another way to regulate ourselves is breathing in and out of our heart for a moment, just like putting our attention in our heart and just taking five minutes in and five minutes out. And it's like helping our bodies to like, if, if we imagine our bodies as a, a vehicle, which it is. Um, it's like putting it in neutral for a moment so I can get a sense of myself so I can calm down so I can have control over the steering wheel and the brakes and the gas so so that I can respond clearly in this situation and it's not always possible and and again it's like that's the the part of learning how to repair with our partners as soon as possible or our children or relationships Mm -hmm. So that because when we don't make that a priority, then like I was saying, it's like we literally become each other's predators and it's not even a conscious thing. But it's like when we when we fear each other, it's like we we create war with each other. And most of us don't even know how to repair. And but it's so incredibly vital in in these times, especially Yes. Yeah. It's so, so vital. And I think, yeah, it's like when we don't, it's like these two different parts when we don't understand what's or aware of what's happening within ourselves and don't know how to communicate. And yeah, it, it, we are going to become each other's enemies. And I think I've heard that echoed in our culture so much of people being baffled of like, how did the person I love become my nemesis yep. and be and you know become this this play out of so much pain and and like you're describing when we when we don't have the awareness and we don't know how to name it and then we also don't know how to repair it's just bound to be just painful painful mess and um yeah I just just give me like the biggest high five and I just I just feel so passionate too about this topic I think it's it changes so much as, as relationships and connections are everywhere. Like it's such a central part of being a human and being alive. So the things that you're teaching and sharing, I think are just like of paramount importance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the reason why, I mean, especially right now, you know, just having got out of this, almost a decade with this person. I mean, partially it started to unravel because he looked me in my eye and after he told me about an attraction with somebody and said he wasn't here to make me feel safe. And that just threw my, my everything into this state of fear, literally. And so I started learning about you know, I mean, it's always been important to me to create safety and relationship. And I realized like that statement there was so against my, my knowing of what's important in relationship and how important it is to be each other's caretakers, literally, like we are even in itself, like we're each other's burden, but we're also each other's 
parent. We're, we're each, you know, we're standing proxy for every person that ever wounded us in relationship. And I, I work a lot with couples now and it's like, they're, you know, this spiritual thing of like, Oh, they're projecting on me. Well, of course we're projecting We're we are standing proxy for every, every person that came before whoever hurt us. And <laughs> so it's so, so freaking crucial to like understand how to create safety between us and be each other's care providers we're in each other our fragility depends on it and all of us I'm sorry but all of us have had some kind of wounding or another and and we do have to understand the fragility we're working with and how to actually instead of pretend it's not there and cope to learn how to put it between us and love it back into integration within ourselves. And to me, that's the highest path of, is, is relationship and learning how to um, hold those parts of myself with another or with a group or with my clients or with my daughter. And, you know, it's like everybody is not on board with that. So um, I think the the hardest part for me is was through that is no matter what I couldn't make that person value what I value and but mm. still this is my commitment with my life purpose and and I'm gonna actually bring this so much more fully into my my work because I recognize the pieces that got unraveled in that relationship how crucial they are in, in um, healthy functioning relationships. So if anything out of that, that rupture, it gave me the absolute knowing in my being of why it's so important. Right. Right. It just like took you next level deeper, really into that. Yeah. 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 And as we're talking about embodiment, Uh like, Sometimes we learn through direct life experience. Actually, not sometimes. That's how we embody things. <laughs> right. And it can speak from firsthand experience. So, yeah. Yep. 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 Yes. And I, I love what you're describing, too. I know we're coming, winding down here, but I love what you're speaking to of what you've touched on throughout our whole conversation is, is like there is this real balance between parenting ourselves in this like inner parenting nurturance space and the place of where we can welcome and have our relationships support that process and for them to be allies for us and that's what I see is like where our relationships become um uplifting and and I mean any relationship kind of how you're describing too like even if you have like a, a ruptured sort of experience or um a relationship that is like a very intense or harsh contrast experience. It, it is that place of, okay, this is an opportunity to go deeper and to love these parts that are now exposed into wholeness. So I just, yeah, I so celebrate you and, and what you've described through our conversation. It's just really, really beautiful and so, so important. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, I would love to hear more before we come to a close. Um, if people want to work with you or learn a little bit more about what's going on in your business, what's the best way they can find you and also the different ways they can uh, connect with you? 
Yeah, thank you. Uh, I have a website that it's just Acacia Land, A C A C I A Land, L A N D dot C O. Um, and the different programs I'm launching right now, one of them is called the Heart Shift Foundation. It's kind of bringing a little bit of body awareness, um, healthy agreements. I kind of weave in science, embodiment, um, practicality, and relational skills into pretty much everything I'm doing these days. So it's kind of a little bit of science and and then working through some of these uh, trauma pieces, understanding ourselves, and actually learning how to rewire our neurobiology to something more of what we truly want through relational skills, um, learning how to differentiate, learning how to work through conflict. So Heart Shift Foundation. Um, I also have a Facebook page, uh, the Heart Shift Foundation, if you want to find me there, or uh, Acacia Land, also on Facebook. And and then I've been working with another woman collaborating on a, a feminine empowerment group called uh, Stardust and Bone, and it's igniting divinity from our raw humanity. And we'll be offering mm. some different different classes, and we're also going to um, we've been developing a podcast and a coaching program as well. And and then also just my individual coaching work. Um, I see individual clients and um, I, I have different packages with that, but just helping helping um, the individuals I work through, work with, understand how to feel safe in their body, understanding their bodies, under, uh, clearing old beliefs and, and um, things that are taking them out of their own empowerment. And then really working on coaching them into uh, more of their purpose and activation and integrating a lot of their trauma into their medicine that they're offering in in the world. Um, So those three pieces. And just more recently been working with um, some parent groups on, like I was saying, like learning through parenting, how to reparent ourselves so that we can take responsibility for our own um, ways in which we're showing up for our kids so we don't keep repeating these patterns through raising our kids, but learning how to actually regulate ourselves and and create more uh, secure functioning homes. So those are kind of the the things that I'm working on right now. Awesome. 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 Well, I'll have the links um, to everything you just mentioned, Acacia, on the show notes. So people can look there to get the links. And um, yeah, so lit up from our conversation. And yeah, so grateful. I know everything you shared will really uh, touch our listeners and support them on their journey of embodiment. So. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much for having me on. And, and just, I think it's important as women, you know, that we learn to really speak about these emotional pieces and, and just continue to share our voices in the world. It's really, really important work that you're doing, that we're doing. And, 
and to just keep encouraging and healing the betrayal between women and really learning how to actually activate each other and support each other and and really our our empowerment and purpose right now. So I'm super grateful mm. to to be here with you, standing beside you, mm. with my hands on your heart, and and just knowing that we're doing this together. So mm. thank you. <laughs> Amen. Really love that image. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in and dropping in with us today. It's my prayer that our conversation nourished you and brought you closer home to yourself. Be sure to check out the show notes for resources and links that we mentioned during uh, the show today, along with a link on how to become a supporting member of the podcast, which, by the way, honestly includes some really freaking cool perks. And if you'd like this podcast and its message to reach more sisters, be sure to leave us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts. With loads of love and aloha, bye for now.